Welcome to the podcast from the Temple. I'm Rabbi Peter Berg. And I'm Rabbi Lauren Filson Lapidus. This episode is brought to you by the Temple, Atlanta's oldest and youngest synagogue. Peter, I don't know about you, but I am on um, my fourth cup of coffee today because I didn't sleep very well last night. <laughs> no, we were we were all up last night watching the results of the election, and uh, we don't have any answers, and, and that's just the times we live in. Yes, it is Wednesday at 2.45 p.m., the day after Election Day, and we, like everyone else in the country, um, is really sitting in a place of wondering and waiting um, and we know that, that you know, in times like these, um, when so much is out of our hands um, and we're waiting for news, it can be um, a feeling of powerlessness. You know, really, what am I supposed to do with myself right now? Yeah. And, you know, we just not too long ago came off of the High Holy Days. And one of the eternal messages of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is that there are things in our lives that we have no control over. Um, and there are things in our lives that we do have control over. And, and uh, um, you know, there's something you know, really important about that message. You know, we, we do have some control. There are things that we can do in this world right now, even when we're sitting here waiting and have no idea what's going on or what's going to happen. Yeah, I, we know so many people have been working on um, getting out the vote and helping to be poll watchers and helping to get people to where they needed to go. And, um, and we hope that everyone who's listening did cast a vote. And now we wait. But as Peter, you just said, um, you know, it's a chance for us to think about what we can do um, and to realize that no matter the results of the election, there is work to be done here at home um, to help one another. And uh, today's guest really is going to focus on one of the um, the closest ways uh, that we can do that. Yeah, the, the, the work uh, at the temple, whatever is going to happen in Washington, the work of the temple and the work of the Atlantic community continues every day. Um, and one way that um, we've been doing that for years here at the temple is by supporting the Zabin Parody Center, the crown jewel of the temple, started by uh, Rabbi Sugarman and members of the, of the temple family who saw a need and, and, you know, the next day started working on a shelter because there was no shelter for couples um, and built it, you know, living out of classrooms and serving meals. And, and now it is a thriving nonprofit organization. And it's a model for what congregations can do anywhere. We are so excited to be speaking with Adrian Hamilton Butler, the executive director of the ZPC. And for those who are listening who feel like you know everything that there is to know about the Zabin Center, let me assure you, you're gonna learn something new. And for those who kind of know it exists but haven't yet thought about getting involved, um, I'm pretty confident we're gonna get some new ideas about things that we can do. Absolutely, here's our conversation with Adrian. Today is a great day for the podcast at the Temple because we are having a conversation with Adrian Hamilton Butler, who is the executive director of the uh, Zabin Parody Center, which is, of course, uh, a crown jewel, not only in the Temple family, but in the entire Atlanta community. Hello, Adrian. Hi, Peter. How are you this morning? Or should I good. say afternoon? Yes, it, we're, we're great. Um, and it's, it's so good to see you. Thank you for being here with us. We're, it's really an honor for us. 
Um, you have been um, at the Zabin Parity Center for a short time now, but have made such a big impact in the time that you've been here. Um, not all of our listeners, although most, um, are familiar with this. So give us a, just a quick um, uh, elevator uh, introduction to the Zabin Parity Center. Sure, absolutely. So the cool thing about the Zabin Parity Center is that we're unique in that our services focus on couples experiencing homelessness and financial vulnerability. But interestingly enough, about 30 to 40% of our couples actually have dependent children. So really when we look at ourselves, we're more than just an organization that serves couples. We serve families. We provide short-term shelter. We provide day services to help people to transition out of homelessness. And we now have a new initiative, which is rapid rehousing, when we're helping people to move directly from homelessness into permanent housing. So that's us in a nutshell. Amazing. Um, before we get too far into the ZPC, tell us a little bit about you and how you came to this position. Oh, sure. Well, it, so I've been here a year, I think it was yesterday. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Time has really flown by. Wow, it is hard to believe. Yeah, so um, I started out in corporate America and I kind of said to myself, you know, I, I think my skills would be better utilized serving the community. So probably about uh, 20 years ago, made the decision to start working with nonprofits. And um, in Atlanta, my last job was with the Atlanta Center for Self-Sufficiency Workforce Development. Prior to that, I was with the Georgia Coalition Against Domestic Violence. So I really enjoy working with people and seeing them transition to a point where they feel healthy, whole, and stable. Um, my background is primarily in development and finance, but I love the program and, and helping organizations to expand the work that they do. It's amazing all those different um, areas of impact. I, I mean, in when we talk about clergy, um, you know, sometimes we feel kind of whatever term we use, sort of that call into into this kind of service, and and so um, it sounds like this is an area really that has has pulled you in to helping others. Yeah, I I believe that when we serve human beings and help them to become their best selves, that really it motivates and encourages us, um, and I. I think that building a compassionate community is something that we can all aspire to do, whether we're in corporate or the nonprofit environment, it doesn't really matter. It's just how we help people to thrive. Um, and I think that that's what our society needs more than anything. I'm, I'm thinking back to a year ago when um, uh, the co-presidents of the, of the Save and Parity Center at the time um, said we've got a we've got a candidate for this job who is you're just you're not going to believe how amazing she is and um, so for for some uh, for some unknown reason um, I, I I got to be the final blessing so to speak and and you came to my office and and I it was a wow like you you're, you know I I just left the meeting so engaged and excited um, and you came to Zabin with a with a mandate as the executive director. So what, what, you know, what, what do you see as your, uh, your mandate, your mission in this organization that's been around for, for quite a while? Well, 
Well, well, Peter and Lauren, I, you know, the mandate really is for us to continue to serve people in the way that fits their need. Um, and what we're seeing as an organization is that needs evolve. You know, Zabin has this rich history of being a volunteer-based organization, which really fit at the time that it was started. It then evolved to become more of a program-based organization, and it survived and thrived that way for 10 years. Um, but now we're seeing that people don't always have to come to the center to receive services, and they don't always need short-term residential support. They really need for us to meet them where they are. We need to be out on the street. We need to be reaching out to our community partners. And we need to be really transitioning people into a place that's their own as quickly as possible. So the mandate is for us to really think about how can we help them in a way that fits for them. And it has really challenged us. Um, we really have to be innovative, creative, and step outside of our comfort zone. But I see that it's working. And our staff has adjusted well to that. Amazing. You mentioned the idea that historically the, the Zabin Parity Center has been a volunteer-based organization. And I know that um, you know, over my time at Temple Vision and, and through other areas of the community, there's just there's a lot of focus on really being there and cooking meals and serving meals and our teens and our religious school students. And I mean, where there's such this sense of partnership. And now with COVID-19, everything has, has shifted. So um, how do you, what do you need from the community as you think about these times and, and as you're starting to chart this course of all this innovation, um, what's the role of volunteers who are looking to help? Thanks for asking that, Lauren, because volunteers are as important now as they were when the organization started. For example, we serve meals to our residents every single night. And I think what a lot of people don't know is that all of those meals come from the hands of our volunteers. So our volunteers are committed and we need them to stay committed to helping our residents to, reserve, to receive meals. Um, the same with lunches. Um, a lot of our folks go out during the day, they're working, they need a bag lunch to sustain them. So that's important to us as well. But beyond meals, it's really providing skills. Um, we would love for people to partner with us via Zoom, for example, to help with job training or to help with life skills training. A lot of our folks don't have the financial literacy that they need once they move out to remain stable. So it would be nice to be able to have some mentor relationships as well that can easily be conducted via Zoom or via a phone call. So those are the types of things that as we're moving forward, we will want to engage our volunteers in those types of activities. Um, you know, I'm thinking back all these years and the Zabin Parity Center couldn't be without the, the visionary leadership of Rabbi Sugarman and temple members like Marvin Bobnick and so many, you know, so many who really stepped up. Uh, what do you, what, what does the relationship of the temple mean to, to you and, and to Zabin uh, today? 
You know, Peter, that relationship it means more to us than you will ever know. I mean, first of all, even when we look at the facility itself, we would not be here and we would not be able to house people if it weren't for the temple and the support of this facility. When we think of, again about the meals, most of our volunteers come from the temple. And even just kind of the support of people calling and encouraging us, telling us what a great job we're doing, talking to their friends about Zabin and the work that we do, that means so much. So the temple truly is our biggest um, partner, our most dedicated partner. And without the temple, really there wouldn't be a Zabin Parity Center. So, so it's very significant and we value it. Such an important part of who we are, it really is. Um, tell us a little bit, you know, you mentioned innovation and, and really expanding the, the presence of the center beyond just um, just the residents. Um, tell us a little bit about what uh, what you're planning and what you're dreaming. Um, what I know we are in you know unusual times with the pandemic, but um, give us some insight into some of the innovations that you're you're cooking up over there. So I think one of the biggest things for us really is making that shift from providing the basic necessities and then looking at employment and housing and really digging deep into the whole person. So for us, it's really that move to what we call trauma-informed care. That means looking at the background of the person, understanding where they're coming from and helping them, empowering them to become kind of the captains of their ship and how to move it forward. And that's innovative, especially in the homelessness realm because in homelessness, the focus has always been on if we can provide food and shelter, everything's going to be okay. But the reality of what we're seeing is that a lot of our residents are coming from places of hurt, of hopelessness, and they really need that intensive support, not just during the shelter season, but beyond what we call aftercare. So the innovative part of what we're doing, Lauren, is now we're really following our residents after they leave and ensuring that we can be partners with them as they're sustaining their stability. We're focusing on how can we get you housed and how can we help you to stay connected to community, to your relationships, your family, so that you can have these supports because it's a journey for them. And the other piece of this is building or kind of closing that digital divide. In the age of COVID, what we have seen is that a lot of, resi a lot of our residents do not know how to effectively use a computer. Um, a lot of them have cell phones, but they really don't know how to use their phones to connect with training. Um, so in order for them to be effective once they leave us, we really need to help them with their technology skills. So that's the other focus for us is helping them to develop those skills so that they can access resources once they leave us. You know, as you say that, one thing that really sticks with me is there's um, a, a Hebrew word, I'll, I'll translate it, it's kavod in Hebrew, it means dignity. And I think what, what strikes me about Saving Parity Center is that it, 
it's not just about being helpful, and that's important, of course, but it's about being helpful in a way that provides the dignity to our residents. Yes. And yes. That's, that's why the organization really stands out. And, exactly. um, and members of our temple uh, who are listening are, of course, this, this is roughly the time of year in a few weeks, they're going to be getting um, a notice from me, a letter from me inviting, uh, inviting you to participate and help support the center. Um, Adrian, how else can um, our listeners uh, either get involved as a volunteer or, um, or uh, help contribute? Uh, tell us about the website and just ways they can connect to you. So one of the things, and it's kind of interesting, Peter, because um, we have social media. We're a social media-driven society. And as an organization, that's really how we get the word out, you know, through Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. And I think people underestimate the power of social media. And so one of the things really, this is going to sound kind of trite, but our hope is that people will follow us on our social media platforms. Why? Because when they like something that we post or share it, other people get to know about us. And this is important because believe it or not, about 60% of our residents right now are from out of town. If people are sharing information, they can share with people who may know of someone who is homeless, who is on their way to Atlanta, and who can access our resources. So that's one, is tapping into our social media and sharing our posts and liking us and encouraging their friends to like us too. The other again is giving, of course. During this time of COVID, it has been kind of difficult for not just Zabin, but for many organizations. Many organizations right now are suffering. And, and so while we understand that many of our community members are also going through hard times, the one thing is that we are seeing more and more couples who have been laid off due to COVID. Families who used to do really well, who owned homes. And so it would be great for us to continue our services, but we need the financial support to be able to do that. Thank you for sharing that. And it's helpful to remember that the pandemic is, is changing the face of financial security and, and homelessness. Um, Absolutely. Um, we have a couple, for example, where um, both of them were gainfully employed. They have young children. They both lost their jobs and they were living off of their credit cards for about a couple of months. While they have family members, you know, they could not continue to live with the family members. So their children are living elsewhere and the couple now lives with us. They have a car. And before they were able to come to our program, they were living in their car. Um, so for us to be here so that couples can have a place to be together, that means so much. The work you do is um, so sacred and so important. And so to you and to all of your staff and, and all who volunteer and work um, to make uh, the Zabin Parity Center come together, um, thank you for all you do. 
Um, and uh, I hope that all who are listening are going to go onto the website and, and contribute and volunteer because uh, you've certainly reminded us of, of why it's all so important. And so blessed by your leadership. Thank you. Can I say one thing, though? You're seeing my face, but really behind me are so many dedicated staff members. And um, I wish that you all could meet each and every one of them. They work so hard every day to serve our residents and they're just amazing human beings. Some of you may know them, um, some are new, but I just wanted to let everyone know that with our volunteers and our staff, we're able to do this together. So thank you. Well, I guess that's a good uh, reason to have you back for another podcast recording. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Lauren, that was so much fun talking to Adrian. I, I am every day so proud of uh, what Zabin means to the temple and our community and uh, our, our volunteers, our temple members who are cooking every night. And uh, what a gem that we have. It was so inspiring. And I think that for those of us who feel like we have known about the center because we're part of the temple community, to hear all of the ways that it's expanding its reach, to me, I, I will be making a donation as soon as we hang up from this podcast. Yeah, that's, you know, we all know the expression, you know, from, you know, from good to great or excellent or whatever, you know, it just, every organization, um, it, you know, it has to get to get to the next level of excellence. and, and um, you know, every decade, Zabin proves itself to be just truly remarkable. So excited for the next step. For sure. Um, and thank you to everyone who joined us this week. Um, we will see you next week uh, for another episode. Um, it'll actually just be Peter and me. Um, we're going to catch up on our, our uh, emails, questions, and kind of just check in about where we are. And uh, I'm sure there will be no shortage of things to talk about. That's right. We're going to let you uh, answer all our phone calls and emails for us. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, if you have any questions or, or ideas, please um, email us at podcast at thetemple.org. And so thank you for joining us for another episode of The Podcast from The Temple. Where we inspire lives. And transform our world. <laughs>